We're the Pragmatic Doulas. This is a podcast where we talk all about birth and other interesting things. Birth may be a goddess, but she doesn't want to be worshipped. She wants to be respected. She doesn't want incense. She wants common sense. Hello. Hi. We're it's here. us. Just two thirds of us. Two thirds of us. Yeah. The other third is away. Yes, she is. She is taking some very needed rest and relaxation and recovery. So she's probably good. Has she has she said? I mean, I don't, I don't know. Say. I don't know. So okay. I don't want to say. I don't remember. Yeah. She's really taking some time to take care of things that needed to needed to be taken care of for a very long time i love stephanie but she puts everybody else first but herself and that is not probably the only mom in the world that does that so she's alone in that (laughs) right yeah like i don't absolutely don't do that i mean i put a lot first but i also put myself in there as well have a lot of i put myself in i i scheduled myself i scheduled myself in but I get it. I get that. Well, how am I? How's the world going to turn if I, if I'm gone or if I'm not there or if I can't take care of this or that? Then what happens? I understand that too. Yeah. I mean, Stephanie, did you just? <laughs> did you hear me yell that? I didn't hear you, but I can lip read very clearly what you just. What did I say? He said, fuck off to somebody. No, I said, can someone let the dog in? <laughs> it totally looked like you said, <laughs> From the side, your lips moved that way. <laughs> okay. You didn't tell your, I was like, who did you just tell the fuck off? No, no. <laughs> your children. No, I wouldn't have muted for that. <laughs> was that. Yeah, I'm like, why did you mute for that? Um. Yeah. So, anyways, that that's that's not a, it's it's not a, um, a a rare theme, is it? It's it's an actual trope of uh, parenthood, is to put yourself, is to schedule yourself right out of life. And Stephanie's the one who loves talking about pour from your saucer, fill up your cup. <laughs> she loves talking about fill up your cup, and she's always operating on you know half cup. Yeah. Exactly. Like I mean, with me, it's like. I mean, God, her, I hope her children love her to death because she does so much for them. They better. Or I'm and, gonna and I would be like, fuck off. I don't have time for that. <laughs> yeah. She's a very, very attentive uh, mother. She's the best. And, yep. um, she and she's me got to a shame. Partner, so they should be fine because yeah. Roger's good. And yep. uh, she, she, she'll be back next week though. So yeah, I hope so. Yeah, absolutely. She'll be back next week, and yep. uh, and because next week is it's our book club, is our book club week. So she can't miss that. So she's got to be here for that. No. So if you're gonna be, if you're gonna join us for book club, we need you to email me at the pragmatic at gmail.com so I can send you the link for the class, and it'll be, I guess, two o'clock Eastern Standard Time. I, I, oh, that's oh, the time that we're, it, we're recording. Like, yeah, yeah, we can discuss that. But should we shoot mm-hmm. for two? That I'm. It's 
you know, whatever. The earlier, the better for me because I start to fade. Yeah. I just have a, a I just have a meeting at 1030, 10, 1030 that I have to attend. Mm -hmm. So. Okay. Last week, we actually forgot to do our land acknowledgement. So let us not. Did we? Oh, yeah, okay. we didn't do it. I, I remembered halfway through the show and there didn't seem to be like a, a spot for it. Plus we were just like in and out. We were done. And um, I think it's my turn. Okay. I think. And we actually have a birth story today. Woohoo! How exciting is that? Yeah. That's we great. haven't had one of those in a very long time. Yes. Nobody's had a baby until just now. It's ridiculous, yeah. And this was two <laughs> years ago. So, uh, okay. So we are going to. I'm going to read a land acknowledgement, which which um, is something that we have committed to doing. Every once in a while, we'll forget, but we, you know, we remember. We dust ourselves off and we move forward. So um, uh, we acknowledge that the land that we're standing on today, the land that we're recording this podcast on, is the traditional territory of many nations, including the Mississaugas of the Credit the Anishinaabeg, the Chippewa, the Haudenosaunee, and the Wendat peoples, and is now home to many diverse First Nations, Inuit, and Métis peoples. I also, we also acknowledge that Toronto is covered by Treaty 13, signed with the Mississaugas of the Credit, and the Williams Treaty, signed with multiple Mississaugas and Chippewa bands. Uh, Toronto was built on sacred land that is part of an agreement between Indigenous peoples and then extended to allied nations to peacefully and respectfully care for it. By personally making this land acknowledgement, we are taking part in an act of reconciliation, honoring the land and Indigenous heritage, which dates back over 10,000 years. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So what is our, how are you doing? How is COVID treating you? You had your first virtual birth. Birth. Virtual birth. Uh, um, oh, it was, gr it was good. I, I liked that a lot. I so liked not having to leave <laughs> my house. Although I will say this, even if I had left my house to go to this birth, uh, it was a very straightforward, quick kind of birth with, with you know, birthing person going from three to four centimeters dilation to nine at the next check. So that's, I mean, those are the kind of births you, you want to go to. Yeah. And so that's the virtual side of it. So everybody's happy. Everybody's great. They felt like my support that I gave them early on at home before they left for the hospital, which I would have done anyways, even if I was going in person, um, was extremely helpful. They, that's what I find with the virtual support. I mean, yeah. a lot of times, especially when an, I feel, especially when an epidural is already coming into play, like that's just the way it's going to go. And that mm -hmm. is many people. I mean, mm -hmm. there's what, like a 90% epidural rate in Toronto. Yeah. Um, when it's the, it's that early step, is this labor? What do I do? What's happening? Should I go to the hospital? You know, all yeah. this stuff. It's those yeah. questions about, you know, whether to go. And especially now with COVID, you don't want to go too early because you're either not leaving or yeah. now you've been in a hospital and now you're coming home. And it's like, yeah. like yeah. that whole COVID thing. Yeah. So, so right. I think that's that really I love it. Was super important. And then when they went to the hospital, um, I didn't feel obligated to constantly be calling them 
because they're at the hospital doing things and speaking to their healthcare people and so on. So my instructions were, if you can check in with me every couple of hours, that could be a quick text with a smiley face or a, you know, a one sentence update. Um, I will be available as much or as little as you need. So, but from here on in, I allowed them to, to lead how much presence I had. Yeah. And they did, they gave me some teeny tiny updates and then some really big long ones. And then we had one video call where we had a discussion about their options around getting a little bit of Pitocin or waiting a little bit. So we had a discussion around that, uh, which was great because it was a video call and that was it. And then um, I got a little update saying, fully dilated, you know, and then I didn't hear for a long time. And then I said, baby might be here by now. Text me back when it's easy. And then the next one was, baby boy, we're so happy. And yeah. then pictures and pictures and pictures. And I'm like, while I'm in bed, yeah. this is fucking best. Even though it was 3 a.m., it was okay. Yeah. Because I was at home in my bed. Wow. I am sold on this virtual birth support thing. You don't, you don't right? have to with me anymore. It is. That's it. Yeah. And, yeah. and really, as I, as I ease into the, the golden years of my doulaness, I, I really love this. And I really think, you know, a lot of times, especially as I say, when epidurals are coming into play, you know, all I'm doing is sitting there. And I think, yeah, there's other stuff that can be done. Um, but this old body can't necessarily do that anymore. And I think for me, one of my great, and we talked about this, you know, one of my greatest strengths is being a doula is that education and that calming and that, you know, making sure that people are, you know, asking the right questions and managing their own labor and, and whatnot. Yeah. You know, I, since I've been a doula, I haven't really been that doula that, you know, people get because they want an unmedicated birth. That's not, that hasn't been my niche. Um, and I'm glad because I don't particularly, I mean, I've had epidurals. I love them. <laughs> They're great. Mm -hmm. um, so that has never really been where my strengths have lied anyways with, with everything. So yeah, I love virtual support. I'm quite happy with it. I wish I had more of it. <laughs> I think that it is for people who are chomping at the bit to get back into the hospitals and back into the birthing rooms, that's great if that's where they feel their um, best efforts lie and they feel that they can serve their clients best there in person. I think that's fine. Uh, but I also want other people who are sort of wondering about how to pivot and how to move towards that, that it's perfectly okay and it's perfectly possible. I absolutely felt as if I gave my clients what they needed. I feel like they got what they needed. Mm -hmm. I, get, I think I gave the best of myself within those circumstances and it worked out well. Sure, there is something, and I know, I know that there is something about having an actual person there, somebody's presence, you know, those extra pair of hands and so on. I think that's that. And I, I'm wondering about a birth or a labor that's a little bit more difficult, a little bit more fraught with anxiety, a little bit, you know, a few more complications and how that would work out. Maybe even better, maybe even better. Um, 
I don't know. So that's kind of up in the air. I don't know how it would work if things had gone a little bit differently, uh, but they didn't. They worked out really great. And there is also a part of me that feels so proud of them. Yeah. There's another piece of it, right? Yeah. That, that I don't feel when I'm there in person, like right there in the, in the middle of it and being like all up involved in everything, even observing doula parameters, you are right up in there with them. Yeah. yeah. But I feel like they did this. I really and truly feel now way more than I do when I'm in person that they did this. They maneuvered this. And I honestly and truly just was there as a cheerleader and as a, um, uh, another voice. Yeah. That phone a friend. <laughs> yes. A little bit of clarity, a little bit of objectivity. And isn't that what we're all supposed to be? Yeah. So I think it would, I think that every doula could be served by trying, doing at least one virtual birth support just to see how that feels and how it goes. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be for everybody, but it sure is going to be for a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I mean, selfishly, I'm like, no, don't try it. I want to be the only one that does virtual support. I want to be that person. Um, but whatever. But just as there were enough births clients around in person, there's definitely going to be just as many virtual support people too. That's true. There are many people who are, many hospitals that are still not letting uh, second support people in and many people who are just not comfortable with having yes. that. So yeah, it's, it's out there. It is out there. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. So that's, what's been happening. That's what happened with me this week in terms of doula work. So that was great. That's great. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, our topic today is postpartum. We don't talk a lot about postpartum. We um, so before we get into our topic, I wanted to shout out an awesome Toronto doula, Marge Wong, who is a listener. And uh, now that now that we're on YouTube, right? Now that people are actually seeing us, aren't you? Aren't you all watching and listening to us on YouTube? Six people yeah. are. <laughs> Six people. Six people. Uh, uh, then you can see my cool earrings that I have here. Oh, wrong side. This side. See, there's like sparkly gold on that side. Sparkly gold on that side. These are like leather earrings. They're super light and they're and they and they they're not heavy at all. And right, they're leather. Yes, they're leather. Oh, cool. And uh, Marge made these. Nice. And she also put like she also rubbed like lovely smelling essential oils on the back. So okay. when I opened my mailbox, my mailbox smelled good. I was like, what's happening here? And it was because of these earrings. And um, hit up Marge, at Marge underscore Wong on Instagram, and she can make you some earrings like this too. She's got all shapes and colors and stuff. She's great. She's awesome. Yoga teacher, doula extraordinaire, earring maker. So go look there her up. There you oh, go. Crochets. Very handy. Very handy <laughs> for this Marge. So. Awesome. Yeah, there you go. Cool. Yeah. So what were we? Oh, postpartum. What about it? So is after you give birth, if you didn't know. <laughs> so 
I was thinking, I mean, I think one of the things that a doula does, and, and of course, postpartum workers in COVID can go into people's homes now. That is possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and do their support. And of course, there's a way to do it safely with, you know, having your own PPE, gloves, masks, all of that stuff. One of the things that we do as a doula is that we kind of help, or that we can do, is that we kind of help the family set up their little nesting cave, their little postpartum recovery cave um, area in their home. And I wondered, I don't personally do it. Um, It's usually, they've usually, families have usually sort of set that up on their own. But what are some things that doulas can do? This is why I hope Stephanie would be here because she does this. um, That you can do to make the family more comfortable. um, Some advice that you can give to new families, things like that. But when you say help set up like a, their own like little nesting cave. Give me some examples of what you mean because I don't think that I do this, but maybe I do because I'm not really sure what you. So I talk about this in my classes that, you know, when you, after you have your baby, you need to pick one spot in your home where you're going to be. Now, if you live in a multi-level home, you don't want to have your stuff all over the place. Like you don't want to have your bathroom downstairs and then you're hanging out upstairs with baby and then the food is downstairs and then the change table is upstairs. And so it's a matter of picking a spot in the home where the family will be most comfortable Mm-hmm. Um, where the birthing parent or the birthed parent mm-hmm. will be most comfortable on a couch, on in a bed, um, where they will have, you know, their TV and their iPad and their phone and their phone charger and food and drink and blankets and pillows and breastfeeding pillows and baby and all the diapering needs. Because I think sometimes I think families, you know, they set up these, um, you know, elaborate nurseries and things like that. And they're on like the second level or the third level. If you're in like a townhome, it's like, are you really going to be walking up and down those stairs every single time? It's nice in the first couple of weeks to actually just chill in one spot, come down at the end, at the beginning of each day and then go back up at night. And that's where you're going to, that's where you're going to do your rest. Or maybe it is in your bedroom because that's where you are going to get the most rest and you have your ensuite bathroom if you have that or, you know, things like that. So I think it's important for doulas to get across to their families that or their clients that um, this is important and this is, this is very helpful for their recovery. Yes. Okay, so now I know what you mean. So yes, I do talk. I I, I was a little bit thrown off by the idea of a, a nester, which is a great word. I like it. Um, I always say find somewhere in your house that's going to be your headquarters, your main headquarters, uh-huh. and that is where you are going to be most of the time with your baby. So you've got to think a little bit of forward thinking or advanced planning can go a long way because you it's hard to see, especially with your first baby, it's hard to imagine what life afterwards is gonna be like. Well, actually, I take that back. It's not hard to imagine because that's all that first time parents do is imagine. And usually their imaginings are so nice. Yeah, and maybe a little off base, but and so nice. And lovely and, and all of that. When, and thinking practically and logistically 
isn't something that they really do very much because I did that with my puppy. I had yeah. visions in my head of what life with a new puppy was going to be life. And you know, there's a part of you that says, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it'll be a lot of work and it'll be hard, but oh, they'll be so cute. And oh, we're going to go for walks and oh, it's going to be like this and it's going to be like that. And that stuff is all true, but we need to spend some more time on the, the, the stuff that you're sort of pushing away. So logistically, how's it going to work? Yeah. Where are, where is going to be your, it doesn't make sense to have you here and the changing stuff here. You spend all this time on this beautiful nursery and you know what? Most people are not spending all much time in that nursery. Babies don't usually get in there for like six months. <laughs> yeah. Your baby's probably going to be sleeping beside you and in a bassinet beside your bed and your stuff is not in the nursery. Nope. So something that, something that I have um, encouraged my clients to do if they are at this stage in pregnancy where they are thinking about um, the, preg the, the nursery and they hate this idea, make the nursery your room. I don't mean your room where you sleep, but make it so that it is comfortable for you. Otherwise, it's really going to be a nicely, beautifully decorated room that nobody really goes in yep. more than, you know maybe once a day or so to grab something or do something, you're not going to use it. If you want to get as much use out of that nursery as possible, and you can always shift things out afterwards. You can always do that. It yeah. is absolutely fine to have a little day bed in there or like a, what are those fancy, a chaise, chaise lounge, one of those. Yeah. That you can lie down on or a really comfy chair, um, your books, maybe even a mini fridge, you know, put a TV in the nursery. I don't sure. know. Imagine that you're going to be spending a lot of time in that nursery. So make it for you. Yep. And the baby just tags along with you. I had a client that did that actually. They had, so they had their master bedroom, but her, as you say, the headquarters was actually in there. I mean, they ventured downstairs, you know, periodically, mm -hmm. but where they spent, where this birthing parent spent the majority of the day in the first few days, first week or so was in that room. And they had, you know, the, the crib was there, which was, you know, right beside a day bed, as you say, yeah. um, they had a rocking chair, they had the nursing pillow, they had the diaper station and, and everything. And when people came in to visit, they had another chair there for somebody to sit. Um, and when I came to visit them for their postpartum visits, that's where we went. And it was great too, because I think because that was where they were going to be spending most of their time. That was where we did the breastfeeding support so that it was in that same room with that same chair, with that same pillow in that same environment. And sometimes when you're trying to breastfeed, you know, you teach in one room, like down in the living room, because that's where, but that isn't where you're going to spend most of your time. And when you get upstairs, it's a different chair. It's a different yeah, angle. It's different. Translate what you learn downstairs. Yeah. Upstairs. Yeah. Yes. So, so it's nice to sort of have that. And as I say, they had a chair for, for me to sit on. Um, they had that like the first day, but then I think I was just sitting on the bed the next time. Um, but the bathroom was right there, just down the hall. Their bed, their room was 
the next room down by the hall. So it was really nice and it was dimly lit. Um, yeah. So baby was sleeping well and they could sleep well. And it was just really nice sort of cozy little area for them to be. And the partner would, they didn't have food or fridge or anything like that, but the partner would bring, you know, food and drink and all that stuff up to her um, when it, when it was needed. So I think that's I think that's sort of what you want to try and create. Now, obviously, especially in Toronto, um, not everybody has an entirely separate room that they can use, um, but you can make it a corner of your condo or whatever. You know, maybe you live in a one bedroom or one room condo loft kind of thing. You just want to try and create that, or or at least put into your clients' minds that this is something that will be beneficial for their recovery because we got to be comfortable, right? Yes. Cause if we're not, then we're not, we're not recovering the way we need to. Yeah. Yeah. Even if it's, even if it's um, one side of the couch in your yeah. condo, one side of the couch with everything close by, that's fine too. Just look around at your specific living circumstances and decide where am I most likely to be comfortable and spending most of my time and set stuff up there. Yeah. I mean, so this sounds like this would be a really beneficial episode for expectant parents to listen to. Yes. But, this is, but, the, but doulas who are listening can, this is the kind of stuff you want to share with your, uh, with your clients also. And maybe that's part of the, the, the planning that you do. Like if you're having two or three, you know, prenatal visits, maybe you're setting aside one of those visits or, or discussions to be about, so what's your postpartum going to look like? You know, yeah, you plan for the birth and, you know, prenatal one and two, but let's, let's just have a quick discussion now that baby is almost here. Let's yeah. have a quick discussion about what that's going to look like for you. Yes. And admittedly, yeah. I've never done that, um, but I've certainly gone to, I had one family that I went to see, um, and this was a couple weeks in, so I had seen them before when they were sort of spending time upstairs, and it was a, it was a very narrow con, uh, not condo, uh -huh. um, townhouse, so the idea of going there kind of freaked me out because it was such breakneck 90 degree stairs. Um, but when I got there in for like the second visit, um, we were downstairs. This is where we were. And it was only like the second week, maybe end of the first week. And baby was, it was time for baby to feed. So we were downstairs where she was kind of watching TV and things like that. And then we went upstairs to feed and I go, do you do this every time that baby is going to feed? Yeah. And they were like, yeah. I'm like, okay. You know, you don't have to, you can feed right here. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to go away. Yeah. So the next time we fed downstairs so that we could, you know, mm -hmm. and then I was there long enough for baby to need to be changed. And I go, are you going back upstairs to change, baby? You know, the diapers are portable. She doesn't have stuff down here. And I looked over and there was the diaper bag. I'm like, oh, we can just use this stuff. And she looked at me like I had, you know, told her to jump off a cliff. And it's like, well, no, we can do this right here. You have a mat, right? Let's just do it here. Yeah. Don't be walking up and down those stairs all the time. Like literally 30 stairs straight yes. up. 
I mean, yeah. plus I didn't want to go up those stairs again. I wasn't sure my ass could have handled it. <laughs> I mean, I remember, and I draw on my own experiences when I had my own babies. I had, when I had my last um, baby and I had a 15 month old also at the time. And so my habit is to always have the baby sleep with me. And so that was, that was easy. So the baby would sleep, slept with me, but I also had this 15 month old toddler who was also still nursing. And, and she previously was sleeping with us. Right. So what we did before the baby was born is we got a bed, a queen size bed and put it in her room and me and her and the newborn slept on that bed. That's what, that's what we did because there was no way it was, there was no, also we had a, um, also we had a, um, a water bed and I wasn't going to oh, sleep camp. On bed with a new, I know a king size water bed. And I know that, so, that is highly dangerous and not recommended. So no, you don't do that. So I wasn't about to do that. I, actually the toddler wasn't sleeping in the water bed with us. I was sleeping with her. Oh, it was just, listen, my life was, I can't, I don't even know how I got through all of that, but that queen size bed was in the toddler's room and it came in very handy when I gave birth to birth to the, uh, the fifth baby, because we just stayed in that room and that's where the change table was. That's where all of her stuff, my toddler stuff was. That was where the new baby stuff was. And one little small thing that was indispensable at this time was a touch lamp. I've oh, you can find one on Amazon or wherever. Get yourself a touch lamp. Tell your clients those ones where you just reach over and touch it, and the light comes on. You touch it again, it gets a little bit brighter. You know, the, 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 the brightness increases and then when you touch it, it goes down in intensity also. Perfect for nursing in the middle of the night. And so looking at your life, so that was my fifth baby, and figuring out how logistically it's all going to work. That's what you have to do. Walk through your house, make a plan, draw it out on a map even. How are you going to sleep? How are you going to eat? How are you going to do all of those things? Um, in as easy a way as possible. Hey, when my daughter-in-law was on bed rest, she had a, um, a cooler by her bed all the time that we would just stock up with food all the time. She was able to get up enough to warm up food in the microwave, you know, like a couple of times a day, but mostly she had food in the, in the cooler, sandwiches, fruit, salads, yogurt, applesauce, like that kind of stuff, juice boxes, whatever. Things that can fit in the cooler that you can just reach. But if you if if your client has had a C-section, that's even more important. Yeah, because movement is going to be a little difficult, especially in the first couple of days. Yeah. Or if your client is on bed rest. Yeah. There you go. That's that's another thing. Um, so helping your clients lay out a postpartum plan in terms of their physical recovery and their emotional recovery, super important. And that little nest headquarters, yeah, pillows, blankets. Mm -hmm. You can't sleep during the day. If your client is somebody who, because people say this all the time, can't sleep during the day, it's too bright. One of the things you want to invest in then, if you can, blackout curtains. Mm -hmm. Put some blackout curtains up, 
So look at your, your environment in your bedroom. If your bedroom is going to be where your headquarters are, how can you make it darker? If darkness is what you need to sleep, how can you make it cooler or warmer, more comfortable for you to sleep for an hour at two o'clock in the afternoon? Because that around the clock sleeping is really imperative. Yeah. We have, I mean, we still have, um, all the bedrooms have really dark, dark Navy Ikea curtains. Mm -hmm. Um, and they shut out a lot of light. Um, we just redid Allie's room and she wants different curtains. Yes, you did. I did. I, I redid a hardwood floor. (laughs) And the walls. And the walls. I painted for the first time in my life at the age of 50. Um, which was more daunting than the actual floor itself. Painting a room was way more work than actually redoing the floor. Mm -hmm. Stupid. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so she wants different curtains. And it's like, oh, it's not going to be dark. (laughs) But they don't match her room anymore anyway. So we'll do that. Um, But I love my black, my dark, dark navy, thick blackout curtains. They're the best. Well, they don't even have to be. If you don't, if navy is too dark for your decor blackout curtains come in all colors now yeah yeah you just need something thick that isn't going to let the lights through or has that um because my son has blackout curtains and so does my daughter and they're not they're not even thick and they're light gray and i forget what color she has but they've got something on the back on the other side that doesn't let light in right close them up my room is super bright all the time yes. and I want, I do want blackout curtains, but I think that I want shades or there's such a thing as blackout shades. That's what I want. Um, not that I care cause I can sleep in the, I can sleep in the bright daytime, So that doesn't bother me. I don't need that. But yes, if you, if you, there's so many options now, blackout curtains, blackout shades, you with all different colors, materials or, and whatever, if that's what you need, do it. You need a fan in your room because you want the air and you want the the humming noise. Do it. Oh, what I love my fan. Yeah, me too. central air and a fan. <laughs> Hello, central air, fan, and an open window. <laughs> Hello, menopause. Hello, menopause. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so whatever it is to make your sleeping environment um, comfy, that's what they need. That's what yeah. you need to look here with them. How are they going to sleep really well? How are they going to take care of the baby easily? How are they going to feed themselves easily? Make everything as easy as possible. Absolutely. So that's how you prepare that postpartum nest. Are there uh, any other postpartum tips that you offer the call to offer clients? I suggest to people if they can afford it to hire somebody to come clean. Mm, yeah. If you can afford before the baby comes, like, that week before you're due, get a deep clean done. You will oh, that's feel a good idea. better. Yes. And arrange, if you can afford this, okay? I understand that this is a money suggestion, but if you can afford it, have somebody come in uh, once a week to do the floors or bathrooms or whatever. Do that. Or somebody to come do laundry or whatever, just to... to um, Take some of the load off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, take some of the load off. So that's what I suggest. And one of the things to invest in when you are pregnant, I know everybody's researching cribs and strollers. Uh, do you have a deep freeze? 
Do you mm -hmm. have a chest free, a deep freeze, not just a freezer in your house, but like in, in, in the top of your fridge, but like a freezer that you can freeze meals in for mm -hmm. yourself, start cooking double batches of everything and freezing meals in, in two person servings or however many people in your household and stash that away. Let me tell you what a joy it is to know that all you got to do is pull out a little lasagna out of your freezer. Yep. You no. Know, and then just warm it up for dinner. Oh my God. Yep. So that's a piece of, that's an appliance that people don't think about. They mm -hmm. don't think that that's, you know, the only thing baby stuff, but they're not thinking your whole family and your whole household is changing. So what do you need to make that transition time easier? And a chest freezer, let me tell you, stock up all the things. You can put bread in the freezer. You can put frozen fruit in the freezer, all kinds of things that for smoothies, which are great for postpartum, all that stuff you can put in the freezer besides meals. Um, yeah, so that's what, I, that's what I suggest to people too. Cool. Yeah. I had one, when I, I had one client, we, um, we went grocery shopping together. So we did the grocery shop for the first time. She took baby and went grocery shopping and she was pulling in to like the closest spot to the door. Mm -hmm. And I said, you might want to park over here next to the cart return oh. because when you've put baby in and you have to return your cart, you're going to have to walk all the way back that way and leave the baby in the car over here. Yes. Maybe we, maybe yes. we switch that up a little bit. So that's she was true. like, Oh my God, that's such a good idea. I'm like, well, so yeah, that, that's, um, that again is something that you don't yeah. know until you actually do it. So you go yeah. there. So that's the kind of, those are the kind of tips you give people based on your own experience that's exactly how it goes. Oh, that's, that's a good one. That's definitely a good one. Yeah. And I mean, if you have people in your life who you know are willing to help. Yes. You know that they're willing to help. And they're in your bubble. Sign them up. Oh, yeah. And they're in your bubble. Sign them up. Don't just say, when people say, oh, my gosh, call me if you need some help. So that's another thing that people do. That's another, people do that all the time. They say to somebody, let me know if you need any help. Nobody takes that offer. No. Make a specific offer if you're that person. Yeah. Make, can I drop dinner off for you guys next Tuesday? Yeah. Can I drop by between three and five and do some laundry for you? Make a specific offer. People are more likely to say yes to that than if you just say, call me if you need any help. Yeah, and then and then the birthing parent who's sitting there completely overwhelmed with the crying yes. baby surrounded by laundry, and they mm -hmm. just don't feel like there's an end in sight. The yeah. first thing they're doing is not picking up the phone. Right. So if you make us, if people make a specific offer, or if you make us, if the birthing parents make a specific ask, mm -hmm. this is what people need to cultivate this. Now you're going to have a baby. Now you're going to have a family. You need to utilize that village. We all give that lip service that it takes a village to raise a child. It takes a village to sustain a family, not just raise a child, but to sustain a family. And so before the baby comes, I encourage people to sit down. Not everybody has support people in their life. Right. 
which well, especially now with COVID and families right. not being able to travel to help out. I mean, right. yes. you know, there's who, many people in around you. Who, yeah. Who can help you now? What can they, what can they do? You know, one of the things that I did that was the most helpful when I have clients who have babies in the beautiful time of year. <laughs> So not know, winter <laughs> like all of the times that my babies were born don't have any nobody should give birth after halloween that's all plain and simple don't <laughs> have babies birth should shut down between november 1st and okay let's say april 1st let's be generous oh great i had two of my babies in that dead zone i had all of my babies in that dead zone <laughs> so and I the third one was in the middle of a fucking heat wave with no central air exactly what it it feels like when you can't go out, can't go out, can't take yeah. the baby out because the weather is horrible and it's too scary. It, it's not even maybe a bright, sunshiny day, but the, the sidewalks are so icy that you're not going anywhere. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that I've done that doulas can offer for their client, their postpartum clients is if it's, if the weather is nice is to take the baby for a walk. Yeah. So baby for a walk so the birthing parents can sleep or shower i love doing that or whatever yeah without constantly looking over at the baby yeah yes so and it's nice it's nice i would love doing that too getting the baby all set up in the stroller and literally just walking around even if it's just an hour and i get my steps in baby gets, <laughs> baby gets a little it's bit. a selfish reason <laughs> it's a win-win for everybody take the baby out for a walk if your clients are comfortable with that not yeah, yeah. all clients are comfortable with um but i find especially if you've been the birth doula and you've been their prenatal instructor by then they trust you with that yeah so it's fine so, yeah, I had a client once I went to their home and the baby was born at the mid March uh, on my birthday, actually. Mm -hmm. um, and this was like maybe two weeks in and it was, was sort of beginning of April, but it was really like, it was a really shitty year, not as shitty as 2020, but mm -hmm. it was a very weather wise, not a great year. Mm -hmm. Um, so it was very dark and dank and wet and cold and, you know, it wasn't a nice April mm -hmm. and I got to the home and I couldn't, I, I was, I was doing postpartum support for them. So we had gotten into this where I was just walking in I was knock, 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 and then walking in and I couldn't find the birthing parent. And then I eventually found her mm -hmm. in the back of the house sitting in the dark with the curtains drawn and the baby was upstairs and I'm like, Oh, this is not good. <laughs> you are yeah. not in a good place right now. When was the last? And this had been, I think I, I had seen, I was only seeing them once a week, I think for this. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, when was the last time you were outside? And mm -hmm. she, again, she looked at me like I had suggested she jump off a bridge. It's like, um, no, like when have you, and it was still gray, like, but I mean, there was light outside. Yes. I'm like, well, I'm going to go check on baby. When we come back, we're going to go for a walk. And yes. again, this like perplexed look of what the fuck are you yes. talking about? Yes. 
I went and got baby, got her changed, got her diaper changed. She was fine. Like she was perfect. Mom had not been neglecting baby at all, but she was absolutely neglecting herself. Yep. And I'm like, okay, this is what we're going to do. And I strapped that baby to her. We pulled out the wrap. I, cause she's like getting the stroller around. I'm like, oh shit, we're going to wrap that baby around you and put your coat on, we're zip it up. And we're just going to walk up the street and that's it. Mm-hmm. We started to walk up the street and then we actually made the corners and did the whole block. And when it was over, she was like, so can we do this again tomorrow? Like, yes. yes, we can. We absolutely it can. Medicine. It was like, that's just it. When they're, when you, when you're getting to a family's home and you're seeing that, you know, hmm, something's not right here. This is yeah. not the way it should be. Yeah. Let's change it up and let's see what happens. And it was clear that she was suffering. She ended up, I think, um, being diagnosed with postpartum depression. But that step, I think, got to the point where it could clear her brain enough and, and you know, have that conversation with her partner that we need to fix something. So, mm-hmm. but yeah. I mean, th- those are the little things that a postpartum doula can do when they're seeing these things. Because when you're, when you're the family and you're in it, you're basically treading water. Like you don't, you can't see what's really happening around you. You're just trying to survive half the time, especially when we're talking about postpartum depression. But when a doula comes in and sees and goes, okay, we need to fix some things up here. We need to X, Y, Z, you know, and it comes from those initial talking to them, right? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You- it's, it's not a matter of you coming in and being like, okay, we're going to do this. Let's, let's have a conversation. Let's do that talk. listening. Yes. Right? Listening to understand, not listening to respond. Right. I had a client um, a couple years ago, I suppose, very active. Mm -hmm. This couple, you know, these people climbed mountains and kayaked and... Oh, so not people I would know. (laughs) No. Um, So that's the kind of lifestyle that they led. After when the baby was born, and it was winter. Also, my the the birthing parent came from a. Sorry, I just heard my front door close. So it's my. Okay, that's your boobs. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to make this an X-rated video on YouTube I, now. <laughs> um, it's my daughter with her fancy social life going out at you know quarter to one. I don't know. Maybe she's a lunch date. Whatever. Anyway, so again, I can't relate. (laughs) Me neither. Um, My client had come from a warm country, right? So she was used to being able to go outside whenever, like she grew up on the beach. Oh, and I hate her already. Oh, she was so lovely. And this was her first Canadian winter. Oh, shit. And she was spending it like inside the house with a baby. And they had a dog who was very, very active. So they had a dog walker come to get the dog every day to walk the dog. And I could see that she was teetering on the edge of insanity. And then one day I said, well, why don't you walk the dog today? The, the, it's, it, was, it was cold outside, but the sidewalks were clear and it was sunny. And then she said, really, could I do that? Of course you could do that. Just go for a short walk. Okay. I'm not saying go do like one of your 
the marathon hill climbing walks that you normally do. I'm saying a little walk. It says my internet connection is unstable. How am I sounding? Am I okay? You sound okay. You're still good. Right. Tell me if I'm sounding weird and I'll turn off my video or something. Um, so I said, yeah, so not too far because, you know, you're just, you just gave birth and I don't want you doing too much. And she said, okay, no problem. She got the dog. She didn't come back for an hour and a half. Oh, shit. <laughs> yes. She didn't come back. And I said, that was a little longer than I meant. And she said, <laughs> but when she came back, she said, I can't even begin to tell you how that exercise, fresh air and sunshine has made me feel like whatever happens the rest of this day, I got it. Yep. And I was Nature like, is medicine. I said, yes, that w a walk is medicine. So don't be afraid to suggest that. So, so sleep, eating, movement, fresh air and sunshine. Those are like ordinary components of health. Yes. And, and when you see people faltering, especially new parents, it is almost always because they're really neglecting one or the two. basics. Yes. Yeah. Absolute basics. I say to my people in my class, reduce life down, down to its bare necessities. Yep. Right down to its bare necessities. And it is hard um, for me. I mean, I, I was born in the Caribbean and I don't even like the heat, but I really do suffer when you're like a really you know, odd Jamaican. You know that, right? <laughs> very odd Jamaican. <laughs> also, I'm on time everywhere. <laughs> um, but what what really gets to me is the lack of sunshine in yes. in this country. And the older I get, the worse it gets. And it's I start to feel that downward spiral of mood and just physical comfort starting in November now I start to feel it because by November things are really gray and she had just she had left her sunny country you know as an adult and then came gave birth in December oh shit <laughs> like right at the winter it was like close to the winter solstice it was close to Christmas time when she had her baby so she was feeling very very low and I said, I know it's cold and a lot of the days it's gray, but you st we still have outside. Yeah. Still have fresh People air. People in Iceland give birth all the time. <laughs> so whatever you can grab on and take an advantage of, do it. If it's outside, if it's fresh air, those few days of sunshine that we do get in the dark times of the year, you got to dive into those and make sure. Open your windows and sit in front of the window, whatever you need to do. So you suggest those things to your client too. It isn't always just about, you know, sits baths and breast pumps. Yeah. About the basics, real life basics. Yep. And I think that's it. I mean, I think sometimes we, and I think as sometimes as doulas, we do this too. I think sometimes we, we try to overcomplicate things. You know, you have to have this product, you have to do this and you have to, you know, X, Y, Z and have this essential oil and, and this aromatherapy and this. Yeah. And it's not always as complicated as that. It's sometimes just as, co co as complicated as putting food in your body, yeah. putting water in your body, moving yeah. that body and giving it some sunlight and fresh air. Yeah. And go to sleep. And sleep. I mean or sometimes that's what you do. That's I've had a lot of clients where I walk in the door and they're like, Oh my God, I'm so glad you're here. Baby's in the bassinet. See you in three hours. Yep. 
<laughs> three hours sleep is the new eight hours sleep yep. when you're 10 days postpartum. Yeah. And you would be, I, I'm, I'm always love it that after like a three hour sleep and when your clients really trust you, they're oh they can sleep. The yeah. sometimes those first couple of visits, they have a hard time falling asleep. But yeah. I love it when like it's been three hours and I have to wake them up. <laughs> You're like, because I gotta go home now. Yes. And there and I said, Did you sleep? Do you feel and they're like, Oh my God, that felt like I slept all night. And I'm like, Yeah, that's it. That's that new parent three hour. Three hours seems to be the the new like fill your cup sleep time. Yep. So, yep really focus on the basics with people and listen to what they're saying and what their needs are. And it will be different. You know, a single parent who's parenting by themselves will be, will have different needs than somebody yes. who's got a partner and, you know, a mother and a mother-in-law helping out and, and all of that. So. And that's really, again, I mean, this is really part of the, for a birth doula, it's part of the prenatals. And for a postpartum doula, it's, you know, hopefully you can have these conversations with them before baby is born, but sometimes that isn't always the case. It's, it's a matter of, you know, shit, we had the baby and now we can't cope. What do we do? Um, but it's, it's a matter of going in and that first initial visit is sitting down and saying, okay, let's talk about you. Let's talk about your birth. Let's talk about what you need. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's my whole arsenal of postpartum support stuff. Yeah. I'm not big into postpartum, to be quite honest. Um, I prefer birth, but I think I've certainly done enough to have the odd tip. <laughs> I, I wanted to, I did want to mention, I mean, we're going to have another short episode, but that's okay. You love us anyways. Um, yeah, next week, we'll, we'll give you a full blown hour and a half don't worry absolutely don't be greedy. i did, I did want to say sorry go ahead i was gonna just say don't be greedy we've given you a lot yeah fuck man give us a break we're mm -hmm. we're you're lucky we're still here <laughs> yeah, um, i'm amazed we're still here um but so before i get to the birth story um which i actually i've only read the first little bit um but i wanted to say so this week i've been attending the virtual kappa conference so kappa.net um, they are having their conference and it's virtual and you can still sign up for it. I think you can still, because all the recordings are pre-recorded. Um, and if you are a Kappa member, it's free. And then the optional sessions are not that much money. I didn't, I think I spent a couple hundred dollars for everything. Um, but I've listened to, there's 14 hours of, um, workshops to listen to. So there are 14 different workshops to listen to. I think I've got four under my belt because um, the week didn't, I had it all planned out to get them all done in a week, but then, you know, life. Um, and I've been really, really impressed. So I'm going to try and get uh, Jody Corrigan, Corden. Um, I'm going to try and get her as a guest. Um, she said she's going to do it. It was all about business. Um, yeah, which was really cool. And I wanted to give a shout out, and I think everybody should follow her on Instagram, um, Dr. K. Um, let's see. Nope, not followers, following. Uh, can I search this? K. Dr. K. Oh, Dr. 
Dr. G speaks. Her name is Kristen Gilroy, G-U-I-L-L-O-R-Y, Guillory. Um, so what's her Instagram? Is your, her Instagram handle you're telling is, us about? Uh, her Instagram handle is D-R-G speaks, S-P-E-A-K-S. And her name is Kristen Gilroy, PhD. Oh, got it. Yes. So she gave she gave a talk on um, uh, what do you say uh, self care? Yeah. And she was incredible. And the good news is that I because I've heard her speak when I'm looking at her Instagram, I can hear her voice as she says it. She's quite. Um, She's quite lyrical. Yeah, she's beautiful, um, and she's quite lyrical in the way she speaks. So it's uh, she's quite amazing to listen to. Um, but she gave a really good speech on uh, a really good workshop on self care, and uh, and I really I really enjoyed it actually quite a bit. So she's got some really good. Um, she talks, you know, her Instagram is really you know about you know doing for you and and whatnot and not worrying about what the hell other people think and and i think it's uh i think she was quite good so if you i'm from texas does she have a texas accent no she doesn't actually <laughs> darn it um so yeah so she um she started in fact usually when you start these sort of virtual workshops it like she's you, you start to hi my name is blah 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 and i'm here to talk about blah 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 well, she came on uh, rapping a Montel Jordan song, um, like just instantly, didn't even say hello or who she was. I'm like, what the fuck am I listening to? And then it was like, this is how we do it. Yeah, like it was crazy. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, it was really fun and it, and it, uh, and it really gave me uh, some things to ponder. And I think one of the great, which I have been using the last two days is changing the the way I phrase things not I have to do xyz I have to go get the kids yeah. I have to take my kid to work blah 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 it's I get to take get my to. kid to work right um and that's been I get to make get up a, now. make it make it a gift yeah the burden exactly yeah so I think that's been that's been very helpful for me this week because this has been a very overwhelming week um mm -hmm. where you know, if we didn't have this whole virtual thing, probably would be in jail right now. Yes. Yeah. So, but thank God I am, for. I'm glad. I'm grateful that you are not incarcerated. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I told you. I'll tell you what all the all the passwords are. <laughs> I'll give you step by step instructions on how oh, to record. Thank God. Um. So yeah, I'm glad that that's that. Uh, and you know what? I want, I want, I'm glad that the sessions, the conference sessions are available because I intended to sign up for this, but I got my dates wrong and then all of a sudden it was here. Yeah. Well, I think you can still sign up for them. Well, then I need to get on it and do that because I Because as I say, they're pre-recorded. So there are yeah. some live uh, Q&As. Um, I haven't really been doing those. Um, but I have really, really enjoyed, I really enjoyed the business one, um, from, with Jody. It was very, it, I mean, it lit a fire under my ass. You know, I've been talking about it all week. Shh, it's a surprise. Um, <clears throat> um, so it was really good. And, um, what was the one? 
Uh, there was one on on public health and breastfeeding, but it was from somebody in Florida, so it it kind of didn't really pertain too much to yeah. Canada per se. But the next one I'm going to listen to is about supporting the LGBTQ family um, and clients, and I'm quite anxious to to listen to that one. So so yeah, I'll be able to report back on those. Um, but yes. I I'm looking at the Instagraphic that Dr. G Speaks has right now that immediately, like I just opened it up and I'm, and I'm going to, I love this infographic. I feel like I want to re, regram it. If you are overwhelmed, try these three minute self-care tips. Yes. And then it has like these different things to do. And um, yeah, I love that. Hmm. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you very much for reminding me of that because I, I had kind of put it out of my head. Oh, I missed it. So too bad, but I'm glad I have not actually missed it. I can still. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you can still take advantage of it. Yeah. It's been really good. I've enjoyed it. And, and you know what? And I think, I think one of the things with doing this virtually is a, I can watch it whenever I like. Um, mm -hmm. And B I've been able to sort of connect with people on this particular app that they're using, you know, from all over the world. It's crazy. Yeah. It's not just so it's not just, you know, the Americans are coming and then they're have they're having their conference and you got to travel to this year it was going to be actually in San Antonio. Um, you know, you have to travel to San Antonio. It's that, you know, there are people from Israel, there are people from, you know, all over the world. Um, I think there's even a Korean group actually, to be quite honest, um, which is quite, which is quite amazing. So it's been, it's been really cool to sort of grab together doulas from all over the world, which is amazing. So, yeah. so yeah, if you can check it out, I'm pretty sure the stuff is going to be at least up there for the month. Um, and I'm hoping I still have access to it beyond that, but, um, check out their website, kappa.net and that will help, uh, sort of get you going. You don't have to buy them all. I did buy them all because I need the CEUs. Um, but uh, yeah, it's cool. All right. Thank you, Thank you for letting me spout that off. Uh, so I'm going to read, if I can put this up here so I can actually not look like an idiot when I'm, okay. So uh, I'm going to read a birth uh, story and this is from uh, the person that we gave a shout out to last week, uh, Mara Fitzinger, who gave us a who gave us a really good review. So that's who it was when we were like, "Baby shark, huh? I don't know what that means." <laughs> All right, so let me let me make the font bigger so I can read it. All right. Uh, okay, so it says, my favorite pragmatic doulas. I've been listening to your podcast for about a year now and was ridiculously excited to hear Kim read my review on last week's episode. Yay, Don't get excited about us. We're not that great. Hey, um, let, take it. We <laughs> love that you're excited. Uh, I had to call my husband at work and tell him, LOL. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's how excited. excited. <laughs> that's excited. Well, call him now because we're oh, reading your story. <laughs> yep. Now you're for sure famous. Famous to a hundred other doulas around the world that will listen to this. All right. Anyway, I've been meaning to write in with my birth story and hope others will follow my lead as I miss hearing them at the end of each episode. Right? I mean, we ran out of babies. We don't have any more to give you. We only have 12. We thought that was a lot, but apparently. <laughs> it only you guys wanted more episodes than 12. <laughs> 
All right, so my daughter is two years now, uh, two years and a few months old now, and this is her birth story. I basically loved being pregnant. I had an easy, healthy pregnancy overall, despite the usual nausea, swollen feet, and excruciating lightning crotch. Sounds like Stephanie. Yeah. At eight months pregnant, I felt, I truly felt big and beautiful. Prior to those last three weeks of pregnancy, I'd get sad thinking of how strange it will feel once my baby is no longer right there inside me. Well, my due date came and went, I was no longer so happily pregnant and really wanted my baby to come. Being overdue started to make me nervous. And even though I knew it was normal for a first time mom, but I had been determined to have a home birth my whole life. And I knew that if I went over 42 weeks, there would be a mandatory ultrasound and I feared that would cascade, to, that would lead to a cascade of interventions. My water broke as I sat down on the toilet late one Sunday night at 41 weeks in one day. For the longest time, I just sat there shouting to my husband that maybe my water broke or maybe I was just constantly peeing myself. After the excitement of realizing that, yes, it was in fact my water breaking, my husband and I went to bed like sensible people should. Mm -hmm. In the morning, he took me to a steak breakfast to load up on protein for the work ahead. I'm getting nauseous just thinking about that. Um, but I couldn't eat any of it. Contractions progressed throughout the day and I stayed active. And by the time my midwife arrived late that afternoon, I was four to five centimeters and coping well. My midwife mostly sat back and allowed us to do our thing, which included walking to the park, sitting on the birth ball, walking 15 blocks to eat Subway. 15 blocks. Oh my God. Oh my God. While, while four to five centimeters and in labor. <laughs> Damn, girl. Yeah. Um, and even some squats and lunges as I tried to prod on my contractions. My warm, inviting birth pool was filled and just sitting there as my midwife advised that I should hold off on getting in until my contractions were more firmly established. They had been happening throughout the whole day, moving closer to that two to three minute apart mark. And they were strong, but they were only lasting 45 seconds on average. We watched a movie and tried some manual nipple stimulation, but by late that night, I'd only progressed one more centimeter to six. My midwife told me that since my water had been broken for a while now, if I wasn't in the throes of labor by noon the next day, we would have to transfer to hospital. Oh, that's pressure. Yes. She told us to get some sleep and left to do the same. Having to give birth in the hospital was the only thing I had ever feared about giving birth, but I did my best to work it over in my mind and find some acceptance since we would likely have to transfer. That didn't end up happening. Instead, my contractions intensified as I slept, and by 5 a.m., they were so intense I couldn't stand to lie in bed. I got up and moved about the house, trying to find a position that would relieve my discomfort. At this point, I was really in a daze. I felt out of control with each surge. I had completely lost my ability to breathe through the contractions like I had the day before. Even though my husband was right there with me and attentive, I felt like I was struggling alone in this bubble of craziness. You know that feeling, right? That where you're just kind of there and you can't feel the yeah. periphery of people around you. Finally, I just had to get in the pool. Permission be damned. <laughs> Good job. And despite the immense relief that it offered, I started to say, I can't do this. When my husband relayed this to the midwife, she knew she needed to get back to me quick. 
Time and events beyond this are somewhat fuzzy. The midwife arrived and I was barely aware of her as she set up her equipment. At one point, she told me to sink into the pain of the contraction rather than bucking away from it. And that really helped to get me back on track. I have no concept of how, how long I was in the pool before I told her that I felt like I needed to push. At first, I tried to push on reclining on my back in the pool, but that was ineffective and frustrating. Then I flipped over onto my knees and leaned over the side of the pool, gripping both my husband's hands so that I could pull on him as I pushed. After some time, I had lost that strong push urge, and each contraction seemed to blend into the next so that I was only guessing when the next one started. I wish I had told my midwife this, or I'd known to give myself some time to see if my uterus would do more of the pushing for me, but instead, I felt that since I had started, I ought to literally just push through it. My husband and midwife helped guide my pushing by counting to 10, and eventually I was able to reach down and feel her head. As she crowned, my midwife asked me to slow my pushing, which I did until the point where I could feel that one more strong push would have her out, at which point I just gave it my all, which I'm sure is what caused my minor tearing. The plan had been for my husband to catch our daughter, but when the time came, he sensed I needed him right there where he was, and I was still gripping both of his hands with all my might. So instead, my midwife had her hands there behind me, ready to catch her. To everyone's surprise, my daughter somehow corkscrewed her way out and shot up in front between my legs. So I was stunned. To, I was so stunned it took me a few seconds to pick her up out of the water. I held her on to my chest and examined her in awe. She was pale with big dark blue eyes, a good amount of hair, and she didn't cry, but she looked at the world around her so alert. I didn't realize that there was anything to be concerned about, but my midwife gently took her from me and cleared her airway and then gave her back. She took care of her so promptly and without a hint of alarm that I never really felt any fear, just a momentary question of, is she okay? The next thing of concern was that I was bleeding a lot. The pool had turned dark with my blood. My birth team helped me to walk to my bedroom as I held my daughter and she laid on my chest as I got a shot of Pitocin in the leg which, and was stitched up. I remember thinking at the time that she didn't have that sweet baby smell people talk about, but instead smelt like a sea creature from the deep. <laughs> um, I know that smell. <laughs> That's the smell of birth. Um, it made me love her even more, and I will always remember it in the vague way that one recalls sense. My daughter was great at nursing with minimal adjustment, but my milk didn't come in for five to six days. Those were some of the hardest days and nights of my life, as I nursed around the clock, still watching her weight drop and seeing her fussy at the breast. That was no longer filling her tummy. I held out hoping my milk would arrive before I had to supplement. Thankfully, with the support of my awesome midwife and husband, we got through it, and my daughter quickly packed on the ounces and that she had lost, and then some. I feel like I basically had the birth that I wanted, though it was no long though it was longer and harder than I expected. I'd mm -hmm. push I had pushed for roughly an hour and twenty minutes, and my daughter was born almost thirty seven hours after my water broke. My husband had been nonstop supportive throughout my pregnancy and labor, and my midwife was so cool and competent and is someone I cherish. But if I experience labor again, I will be adding a doula to my birth team. I didn't realize until later that a doula just fills in those little gaps and can give you some of the emotional, physical support you didn't anticipate needing. Mm 
Having a doula there with me throughout transition would have helped me recapture my rhythm and may have helped me tune into my body more once I lost the urge to push, and I may have allowed myself more time to rest. These thoughts were forefront in my mind as I took my own doula training last October, and my burgeoning interest in doula work led me to discover your wonderful podcast. So now we've come full circle. Sorry this was so long. Looking forward to hearing my birth story on a future episode. It'll be surreal. Well, there you go, Mara. Surreal it up. (laughs) Exactly. That was a beautiful story and very well said. Uh, Where is she from? In the States somewhere. I don't know where. Maybe she can send us a message and tell us where. Okay. So there you go. Thank you very much, Mara Fitzinger. You are amazing. And it sounds like a really good story. And I'm really glad that everything turned out well. Um, Something to send people as like incentive, something small that doesn't cost us. That doesn't cost us any money because we're not making any money at this. (laughs) How about about our love and gratitude? (laughs) Yeah, how about that? Maybe there's something we can craft and make. Oh, you're so cute. How, what are you going to do? Because <laughs> it ain't fucking going to be me. Some, besides, you know, because really we're not offering fame. Oh, no. We have no fame ourselves to give. So <laughs> our, our fame cup is not overflowing. So that no. we can share with you. It's I not. Mean, before COVID, we were hitting like 200 people a week. Now it's 100 people a week. So, you know, tell your friends. <laughs> tell your friends. Tell your enemies. Whatever. Tell everybody. If you're on a web, if somebody on a, on a message board says, hey, does anybody have any podcasts that they listen to? Shoot us up. Mm-hmm. Perfect. All right. Perfect. But we love you. Thank you so much for sending that in. And we really, really appreciate it. And yeah, if anybody wants, we haven't been asking for them because... Nobody was sending them. But we stopped asking. We were asking and asking and asking and asking, and nobody was uh, helping to help no. send it. So. so, yeah, if you want to send it, we'd love to have them. Yeah. And next week, as we said, um, it will be book club. And if you want to be part of book club, please send us an email at thepragmaticdoulas at gmail.com, and I will send you the link to yes. the uh, Zoom meeting. Yeah. And just keep in mind, though, it will go on YouTube, so make sure your background doesn't have any nudity or you need to like wear a shirt. Yeah, don't you don't have to wear pants, but you don't have to wear anything below the waist. But you do need to wear a shirt. Take your 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 porny pictures off the wall. Yep. 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 All of those kinds of things, and come on, you do need to. Have read- I will put on like fresh makeup instead of this old stuff from Wednesday that I haven't washed my face about yet. I'll put yet. away like dog sleeping. <laughs> that are piled up there I or- them. I'm kind of excited. I ordered some stuff from the one of the Kappa exhibitors, which is like like flags that you can loop um, yeah. ha- have on the, and they can have like uh, birth sayings and stuff on them. So I'm going to redo this wall behind me for my classes. Sorry, yeah. children, I'm taking you down. Um, so that I can have these like birth sayings and stuff behind me. I'm very excited for that. Excellent. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta, I'm gonna make my background be a little more exciting, and I'm gonna have. That's why I have this in my background, and it's like beautiful. And I'm embarrassed for the beige sepia antique, everything that's happening here. My hallway, and then I thought, and then this 
macrame plant hanger, which doesn't really, it's very, the plant, I'm afraid this plant's not doing well in there, but that's, but whatever, that's what I have. Yeah. And did you craft that yourself? Are you <laughs> crazy? <Reagan> said that. <laughs> did I craft that myself? No, I bought it on Etsy. There you go. There yeah. you go. I'm not, I used to be a big time crafter, but it is so gone. I haven't done any crafty things for a very, very long time. But there you go. Pragmatic doulas. Yes. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, oh, I was saying you do need to have read the book. And the book is called The Pull of the Stars by Emma Donahue. And I got to tell you, it's a very fast read. I finished it. really that is. Book in in like a day and a half yeah it's a very yeah, fast read so if you if you get it like today or on the weekend and you you consciously spend time you'll definitely be able to finish reading it by thursday when we're yeah. recording the discussion so i will also say too if anybody has a book that they want us to read we'll yeah, take that we got to figure out what our next read is uh, yeah, I think Carissa had suggested one. I can't remember what it is, but I put up in the at the Kappa conference, I set up a group for doulas that read and someone had suggested the German midwife. So we had read the midwife of Venice and this one is, it's fiction. It's actually um, called the German midwife? I think it is. Yeah. The German midwife. So that's not, we haven't decided on that, but um, mm -hmm. we are going to we need to look into what our next book is going to be because right now I don't have a book to read. I was going to read uh, To Kill a Mockingbird, but everything is so fucking heavy right now. I needed something light and stupid. That's not a light book. Nope. So I put it down. <laughs> I dug in my closet for something I'd already read. Oh, did you find something? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because I was going to suggest a book called The Wives of Bath. Okay. I don't remember the um, the author. Is it is it, it funny and body? It's funny. It's body. It is. It is so. It's. I've actually. I used to own it, and I'm sure it's. I don't know where it is now, but it is really funny. And and you know what? I love any of the shopaholic books. Yeah. I, um, they're so stupid and silly, but I love when I'm in that mood, that fluff mood. Um. Then that's that's what. I, but the wives of Bath was hilarious okay i'll look that one up yes yeah. all right cool so that's book corner <laughs> that's book corner so yeah this so please not, please message us by wednesday the 16th and yes. uh and i will send you guys the link yes. and in the meantime i hope you have an amazing september if your kids have gone back to school i hope everybody oh, is staying yes. safe yes um, I, and i hope you feel you feel <clears throat> comfortable with whatever decisions or choices that um that you made or or are being made for you yep because i know it's you, very fraught this whole time is be is fraught with tension and anxiety for people with their kids going back absolutely and you know what if you have opted to do online or at home teaching with your children especially if they're the little guys yeah. look don't stress too much That's life right. is the great educator so yeah. You know, don't panic too much if they're just not getting certain things. Who cares? Okay. I homeschooled for 20 years. And let me tell you, read them lots of books. They'll yes. Be okay. Let them read lots of books. You know, um, online math programs. There's all kinds of stuff online. You guys are so lucky. I didn't have online stuff for most of those years to take advantage of. But they really are going to be okay. They, you they really will. They absolutely will. 
Yeah. And try not to drink too much when you're, when you're teaching with them. And you know, that just sets a bad example. Okay. Yes. Yeah. If your kid says, mommy, your breath smells like whiskey, maybe lay off. That's not good. Just a little, you know, back off a bit at the very least. Wait till after five. Wait till school's over. Yeah. (laughs) All right. All right. Have a great one. We love you. Stay safe. And we have a big shout out to Stephanie who will be here. Fingers crossed next week. Yes. All right. right. Goodbye. Goodbye. Why is this?